as you do, and if you want to turn with me, we're in Mark chapter 1. I just want to say what an amazing, fun opportunity is to lean in on each other, is to help out with our grace helps. And I know John would love to talk to you if you want to get involved with that, or Jake. And if you have a need, we really want to know, because that's how we get to know each other, right? One thing you need to know about me is I was getting sad this morning as I had to take off my glasses to read my Bible. I'm getting old. <laughs> like the text just was, I was like, oh, I love this book. This is the word of God. I want to read it. I want to know it. I want to live my life by it and study it and take it in. And, you know, it is the issue of our Christian lives is how we see the Bible. Surprisingly, you know, our study, our, our struggle, if you will, many times is over how to read it. It's an issue of authority and message. And we've, I don't know, it's going around the playground at school right now. I know because my girls have told me that um, some of the people at preteen middle school tell other kids, you're not the boss of me. That's kind of the thing. It's they tell each other what to do. And and here we are, you know, and, and, and if you're here this morning and you trust in Jesus, you that's not our issue. We say fully and with all our heart, Jesus is the boss of me. My Savior, he's the boss, period. So, so often then I take this word as instructions from the boss. I read this book looking for what the boss wants me to do. And, 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 then, and then the radical piece as we read these amazing parts and portions of the holy word of God is that what he wants us to do is so surprising. He wants us to trust him. It's more like, if I was going to use an analogy, like like my wife driving the kids back from school. You know, when she p- picks them up and, and, and I could see one of them saying, hey, hey, how can I help get us home safely? How can I ensure by my actions that the, the car makes it all the way home? I would say, you know, that's that's what my wife's doing. She's driving the car. It's not a, a, a second of worry about getting home. If mom is driving, and, 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 and I know you could say worry, it's a scary world out there. Maybe mom doesn't have the power or authority to get there. Maybe mom's not going to make it because of someone, someone else will derail her. But I think, well, do I need to... If I'm a kid, do I need to start doing homework or, or is it okay if I listen to music? And what, what do I need to do to make sure that I'm not distracting mom? Is it too noisy in the back seat? Am I not putting my seatbelt on right? You see, here's the thing. I'm pulling this in like this because we want to focus on all those things. When the message of the word for you and for me is you have a driver who gets you there. You've got him. This morning is the ride of your life, and the fight of our lives is how to read this book. And I hope this morning you and I, we take a breath and we sit back and we trust the driver. We see his communication with you isn't hidden to try and find out, oh, what hidden piece if I read it upside down and backwards. 
that I might somehow get a special message, but the actual story of the actual Savior who has authority to save and the heart to save you and me. I pray you will see Jesus. And, and we've started in Mark, you know. Mark is relentless in his presentation of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. This is what you need to know, right? Not an application for you to be a better you, but Jesus is everything, and we receive our King. And, and, and I know the Sunday school answer is always. There's a Sunday school answer if there's ever a question. You got it. Jesus. And in a very simplistic way, we say, well, but that is our life, is to trust this king. And he is relentlessly presented as having the power and the compassion and the ability to accomplish what he wants with you. And so today we're going to look at three short scenes as Mark starts his gospel, really. We looked at the introduction last week, just the first 14, 15 verses. We're going to take the rest of chapter 1. We're taking pretty big pieces. I want you to see what Mark is doing as he goes because that's the message you need to hear. The actual message of the text. So these three scenes, as we think of a scary world and we tend to focus on ourselves and are we taking the right steps? Are we doing the right things? And instead we're going to see, as Jesus goes, a scene by the seashore, fish and work and salt and sweat. A scene at the synagogue with Simon's house that evening. A scene the next day, early to late with a leper. And all strung together by Mark to see the authority, not of you, of Jesus. You're the boss, Jesus. What should I do? Moves towards, I trust you're doing, Jesus. I do. Okay, I invite you to take that in. So scene number one, the dusty, windy day. And, and as we go, he has authority over people, Jesus does. But I want you to smell it. This is, these are cut scenes. These are things where the curtain comes up and you're supposed to see a scene. And the scene Mark presents is a, is a day in the life of a worker. A bunch of workers. They're fishermen. There's fishes in the air and this salty sea and, and people making a living. And along walks Jesus Christ. Here he comes. Verse 16, chapter 1. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he, that's Jesus, saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And and going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat, mending the nets. And immediately he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. Okay, this is a little bit interesting. This is just thrown out there by Mark. It comes up, and two of his, that he does 45-odd times right in the book, immediately, boom, boom, boom. It's not a special action, right? Jesus saw they were doing their their normal tasks. Peter's throwing out a, a net. They're fishermen, these these guys are. It's like they're a mechanic, or they're working at the five and dime, or they're doing whatever they're doing. In comes Jesus. And this statement is a statement, right? Jesus says, follow me, and what? I will do something. 
It's a statement of what Jesus will do, not what they will do. Their response is to believe him. Immediately they left group one. Immediately he called group two. Action, action, Jesus is on the move. You see, Jesus calls his disciples and they come. He is the answer to their usefulness. He is active, he calls, he promises results. The promise is up to who? Him. You know, we, we quickly, we take this brief scene, we, we too quickly maybe make it about the call to follow. How can I follow Jesus? I, how, what are the ten ways I can follow Jesus? And it's not that at all, right? There's not, it's just they followed him. They literally did. Jesus showed up and he says, come, follow me. And they did it. Physically. The point is that Jesus took, dare I say, ignorant laborers. That's not putting them down. That's just a description and said, I will make you useful. That's my promise. So see the Savior at work, right? He's authoritative. He's not bumbling along. He's not figuring out what to do. He's not not uncertain. He has a purpose. He goes and says, okay, you. and, 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 And he says, I'll do this. We know he fulfills his promises. What's his promise to you? Right? You are forgiven and you are his forever. Do you believe it? Based on his authority to make it happen? (laughs) He's the answer. He's the answer. Jesus, not just with his calling here, right away, immediately they followed. And that's all. The curtain goes down. Next scene, boom. Authority over disease and more. Jesus and the afflicted, right? Because now scene two, the curtain comes down, the curtain comes up, and now Jesus comes into the synagogue. There he goes. And they went into Capernaum. And immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority, and not as the scribes. Hey, third time, right? And immediately, boom. Here's Jesus over here. So there he was over there calling someone, and they came, and then we're done. And over here now, boom, Jesus stands up, and he's he's teaching, but he's teaching in what we understand. He's teaching with authority, which is in contrast to how other people were teaching in the day. I believe it means he wasn't trying to do what we do a lot of times, which is trying to prove with cross-references and tying in and making implications and trying to make an argument. He just says, this is what it is, because he is the Son of God. I want to draw attention to the idea Mark wants you to see. Jesus Christ has authority. They were astonished at his teaching because it was authoritative. The implication is that most of the teaching going on wasn't authoritative. Didn't follow what Jesus was saying. That the lines they were going down were not helpful lines. The line that is helpful is a line that points to Jesus. Because that's what Luke, if you say, what did Jesus actually say? That's what Luke says he was talking about. Remember? It's that scene where Jesus takes the scroll and he finds Isaiah and he starts reading. And he says all these amazing things about the blind seeing and the lepers being healed and the the lame walking. And he says, today, this is fulfilled in your hearing. He said, because I'm here. And, and in the midst, and in the midst, this is 
action scenes immediately, immediately. There was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. He cried out, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. See right away, right? The demon frames the question in terms of what it means for him, the demon. You here to destroy me? You here to destroy us? We're the main enemy, you see. This battle is between you and us, and you're the Holy One of God. This is spiritual warfare, and the battle is who will be destroyed, not about these worthless people. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice came out of him. It's not destruction of the spirit. It's what? Saving of the people. It's not some battle scene of pyrotechnics and blazing lights, but it's rescue. Because that's what Jesus is about, right? Absolute authority. What is he using the authority to? Not to crush the demon, to get him out of the person. That's the only words of Jesus in this scene. He has authority over the demons. Jesus Christ does. They were all amazed. They questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. The demons know who he is, the Holy One of God. They have no idea what he's doing. Why would he tell them to be quiet? Why isn't he simply proclaiming his authority is the Holy One? Why is he around the sick and the ignorant? It's because his authority, right, is that he's going to be the hero for the people. He's establishing his authority. He's relentless. And what he's going to make of those who trust him in his understanding of the word of God, in his power over demons, in his mission to say, this is Jesus, this is your Jesus. The ones who aren't sure who he is are the people that he's come to save. It says that there, and once his fame spread through everywhere throughout the surrounding region of Galilee, what do they see? Why is his fame spreading? Because Jesus is doing amazing things for people. Cutscene immediately. And immediately he left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Simon is who we know as Peter, right? Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever and immediately they told him about her. Jesus, there's somebody sick. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up and the fever left her and she began to serve him, them. Right? I know you guys go through this because we've been through many i've read the bible so many times and maybe you have too and it becomes a little bit like this oh yeah yeah jesus healed somebody no see the son of god being presented to you that he comes and what does he do he sees his mother-in-law with a fever and immediately they told about her and he came he took her by the hand he lifted her up the fever left her 
And their service too. Look, she served him. Sure, but Jesus, he's come to save and to rescue and demons and illness, even death, his work, right? What did she do? Nothing. It's, it's not just Peter's mother-in-law. Yeah, she's responding. Oh, she served him. Means, means she was healthy enough to walk around. It's just amazing. She's like, oh yeah, the fever left her, but she was sick for four more weeks. No, no, that statement is she was feeling great because of the work of Jesus. That evening at the sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or pressed by demons. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he wouldn't permit the demons to speak because they knew him. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, come to save. And you know this Jesus, and you've heard the story, and you know about the cross. But you see how he's being presented. You see what he's he's even presenting himself as, not as the Holy One of God, bow down and worship me, but as a rescuer, as a healer. As one who cares, as one who has authority over the future, over sickness, over demons. And the whole city is gathered at his door to see this Jesus. And then the curtain comes down and the day's over. Okay, that's what I want you to know about Jesus, says Mark. Full day of his first public ministry there, I want you to see that. I want you to see that that, that his actions were to, to heal many, many sick people and to cast out demons. Not, not that they might acknowledge how great he was, but because he actually was caring for people. That's who Jesus is. So scene one, finding his disciples, securing with promise, he has authority over whatever's going to happen in their lives. It will be because he does it. Come, I will make you become fishers of men. That Day two, seen to rescuing people from demons, from disease, not to gain attention, but to actually do it. One more day to look at. Authority to proclaim from Mark. He, he puts these together for us. So verse 35, and rising very early in the morning. So the next day, curtain comes up, early morning. While it was still dark, Jesus departed and went out to a desolate place and there he, he prayed. It's a solitary thing, right? He's the one who's in charge. He makes the choices. He goes out. He, he, he's not dependent on any person, but he's out there praying to his father and they're talking. It's not dependent on anyone. In fact, no one even knows where he's gone because they, Simon and those who are with him searched for him. And they found him and they, they said to him, everyone's looking for you. And Jesus said to them, let's go on to the next towns that I may preach there also. For that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. See, see, this is my purpose, Jesus says, to proclaim what, what we saw last week, the good news. To preach. The proclamation is that this is the year of the Lord's favor. This is it. I am here, says Jesus. Remember to proclaim good news to the poor, to to liberty to the captive, recovering of sight to the blind, set at liberty those who are oppressed. I'm here, and and let me show you as he heals people and casts out disease, and, and there he is, casting out demons. 
over and over. And, 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 and then John Mark gives you this amazing example. The angel imploring him. Kneeling and said to Jesus, if you will, you can make me clean. This is the issue, right? If you will, you can make me clean. It's, it's, it's two things. Authority is established. Jesus has the power. He's going around healing people. The question is, does he will it? Moved with pity, it says. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched this leper and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. He was made clean. You, you need to see, right? This is our Savior. He says, I will and be clean. Receive my words. Receive the gospel. Do you hear it? The healer has the will to heal. The Savior has the desire to save. This is the issue at hand. What does Jesus want? And he wills it. And therefore you see in the text that's laid out for us to understand this morning that that, that healing happens. One more immediately. That's the last immediately. And immediately. Made clean by the word and will of Jesus alone. Not the leper's will or word. Jesus's and immediately. When God wants it done, when Jesus wants it done, it's done. Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a a proof to them. Jesus says that this is for you that I've done this. I will. It, Jesus isn't showboating. He's not like, well, I better do this so that it can be written down for future generations that you all might know how great I am. That's not the heart of the Savior, right? That's why Mark is so clear to make this for you and me. Jesus has compassion on the person and says to the person, I will be healed. And he's healed. Everybody I know is such a mix of desires and, and, and motives. And Mark's clear for you and me that Jesus' motive is to have compassion on the leper. And when he has compassion on the leper, he acts. And when he acts, he, he, he saves. Here he heals. Tells him not to say anything. But but go give proof to the priest, he says. Not because I need you to follow what Moses commanded, but as proof to them that I am the one who heals, says Jesus. I am the fulfillment of the law, what the entire Old Testament was pointing to. I'm here in this stern warning. He's not a glory hound. He's not trying to gather people. He's actually moved with actual pity, compassion, mercy for the man. And and, and he said, okay, well, I, I bet the guy did that. And then Mark is careful to tell you he didn't. He went out and began to talk freely about it. And to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter. <laughs> Not what Jesus was after in his words, right? And so and so I think, okay, well, maybe the next line, Mark just left it out, and the leper got leprosy again. Because he didn't obey Jesus completely. That's kind of the point, right? The point is that Jesus Christ is God. 
And it's all about his action. It's not about your responsive obedience to keep the blessings flowing. It happened. Because the news is good. People are being healed. Disease is being cured. Demons are being cast out. The blind see. The lame walk. Lepers are cleansed. Jesus is here. And and this is not dependent on some sort of action on the part of the people. That's this last, right? Here he's healed, but don't tell anyone. He does tell lots of people. And his healing doesn't get revoked. Because it's about Jesus and his action. Mark is, is relentless. Oh, precious people. Three scenes this morning of authority of Jesus. Relentless to bring the good news. And so I just, we have to take this in that it's all about Jesus. He really has that much authority. Jesus is the boss of you. Of course he is. And yes, in the way, in some way, you're, you're, you're in a car that's going to heaven. He has authority and that means he's able to save to the uttermost any who come to him. The issue is not how well you can follow. It's not even how to follow. The issue is will you receive this savior? The one who will not lie about your ability, who will not stroke your ego. He'll just do what he says. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. The program is up to him. Be silent and come out of him. He said, the power is his alone. Let's go preach, for this is why I came. The message is that he came to save. I will be clean. Your cleansing is a matter of his will. And mercy, he wills. In a very real sense, you and I, we have no program. We have a person. We don't drive the car Jesus does. Jesus take the wheel is what coming to salvation is. Because it's a giving up on it's up to me and a realization it's him all along. Your and my security, right, is in his authority. Your life is in his hands, not in your hands. So I, I, I plead with you this morning. Oh, as we... As we take looks at Jesus all the way through Mark, it's about Jesus. Would you learn of him? Would you marvel at him? Would you rest that he actually has done it? Would you see that he's, his story is the story that, that you enter into because you get joined to him? Would, would you see and look with me and, and read the Bible? Man, I hope you will read your Bible with me. The, the issue, though, is that you would read it to see Jesus. To see that he's our answer, he's our hope, he's our life, his promise is sure, and you are forgiven. You are cleansed because of what Jesus Christ has done. That's the thing I need to hear over and over. We need to hear together, even in the things that we do. I want to take it back. I want to say, you know what? You know, Johnny in the back seat doesn't have his seatbelt on right. He's going to get ejected from the car. The driver's got a little red button he can press. (laughs) teach him yeah wrong if it's jesus it's jesus 
If it's him, it's him. If you're in the car, you're in the car. But the, the being in the car is to trust him, to trust the words that are here as we read through is to see, yeah, yeah, there's behavior that can get too noisy in the back seat. It's better if things aren't so noisy. It's better if you start doing your homework when it's time. All that stuff. Sure. Yeah, go. Don't make it the thing, right? The thing is that Jesus Christ has come. He's your savior and he's mine too. Hey, we're his forever by his relentless authority and it's in him that we trust. Would you pray with me?